Hello there. You are listening to At The Well, the bi-monthly Bible podcast that helps you see yourself in the stories of scripture. I'm Jarrell. I'm Charles. And I'm Eli. <laughs> and two of us, at least, are delighted that you're joining us for this <laughs> week's discussion. What happened there? <laughs> My mute button wasn't unmuting. It was, it was like panic clicking. <laughs> from, from, from just like through the Zoom call, like it, I couldn't tell that you were pressing the button. So it looked like you just, you heard Charles's name, like register that it was your cue, but was confused that it was your <laughs> It's been a while. <laughs> Freaking amateur hour. Uh, no. Oh no. <laughs> anyway, how, how how are we we doing today? <laughs> like what give me give me one highlight of, of your day. Both of you, not just Eli, who may not even want to be here. <laughs> that's so terrible. <laughs> like I'm I'm literally pressing my space bar button because that's what I do when I want to turn it turn the, Oh, that's so far. That's the devil. Anyway. Um <laughs> the devil's alive. That was a liar. <laughs> um, I'm well. My job is my job is really enjoyable. Um, still work for the government. Still do space planning and interior design for them. Um, I think right now what I'm really enjoying in this phase of life is just getting to travel. Um, so Chicago, uh, Aurora, Colorado, um, San Antonio, Texas, um, just really cool spots. I didn't know about Colorado and Chicago. I was like texting you in Texas, but yeah, 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 yeah. Charles, what's going on? Um, well, it seems like we were just completely disregarding your original question, Jarrell. So I'll just say that question. exactly. Oh yeah, the best part of your day. <laughs> oh, Eli I thought took you meant life. Eli, <laughs> Eli took it on a whole different direction. Yeah, sorry, Eli. Um, if you could just be a little professional on this podcast. No, that's right. I'm gonna run with. I'm gonna run with Eli's unasked question. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm running with. His, his his answer to the unasked question. Please make um, this. Please make this. Make this a sound check. I don't want to make this an introduction. Nah, nah. Leave it in. Leave it in. <laughs> Um, I am particularly uh, enjoying in my in, in the state of life that I'm in now. Um, my children, uh, who are four and two and a half, um, they are just the most adorable. Um, and they play so well together and love each other so well. And it's just really fun stage of life for them. Um, and to watch them grow, it's it's kind of like it's bittersweet in that. You know, I come home and they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun to watch and to engage and play with. But it's also like I had a moment last night where I was like, how long is this going to last before my little girl who I can pick up and and who's so sweet will be not so little? <laughs> uh, so it it's really nice. And I'm trying to soak in the moments as I can. That's what's up. I guess like in a similar vein was, was today was Amelia's first day at daycare. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing. Cause this is, I mean, not, it's, it's not, it's school, but it's not like first day of kindergarten school, but it is a shift of like for next huge chunk of her life, all our lives, God willing, like that's the routine. Like we drop her off, 
uh she like learns and plays and stuff and then we get like a like we're we're adjusting to like not having as much time with her as we're used to um because now she's on more of a schedule where she's like going to bed so we don't really have like we have her in the morning and for a little bit um before bedtime and so it's but it's so it's we're adjusting to that but it's also cool like to um she's only like four months old but seeing her get like more aware of the world around her and just kind of like she's she's not obviously not talking but like just like making noise more and like just kind of babbling more and so yeah similar spot where it's like like first day of school for us was technically today but really um tomorrow so we're all kind of adjusting to going back like being able to soak in those things as, as well as kind of kind of where we're at and yeah just adjusting to parenthood now that we're both back back on the grind um yeah it's fun she's a cutie um yeah and with, we hope that you all are listeners are doing well and patient with the gaps between episodes we're finally at a course where we're going to get some of that uh kind of ironed out but we're here and we're going to kick off with our question of the week if you'd like to submit question for us to answer during the segment you can email us three guys at the well that's number three then guys at the well at gmail.com sorry i got ahead of myself in the sentence all one word and lowercase three guys at the well at gmail.com reading too far ahead um oh wait before i do that i do have to give a shout out to this episode's sponsor my sister-in-law kim who gave me the microphone and headphones that i'm currently using yeah i feel like a radio dj so thank you kim um much appreciated. Uh, you sound see. like one too, so. Thank you, thank you. Cool cats and foxy ladies, you are <laughs> listening to the lunch hour. Um, thank you, Kim, for officially, unofficially sponsoring this episode. All right, so question of the week. Th- this is spawned from a, a conversation slash argument I had with a student today who, I don't know how it came up, I don't remember, but she said, and I quote, breakfast is mid which is what the children are using to describe like mediocre things now. I so agree. They, okay. So that yep. jumping the gun, but the question was going to be mm-hmm. breakfast, lunch, dinner, rank them one, two, three. So what there goes you Eli again, ask <laughs> answering the unasked, unasked yeah. question. You know, I just said, I agreed. I didn't answer a question. I just agreed. Unbelievable. Is wise. That's not wisdom. It's not wisdom. <laughs> so okay, so you're you're putting breakfast at three, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, breakfast breakfast food is I I'm just not drawn to like how bready and greasy it typically is. Like the typical American wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay, okay. I was about to say, do you have you ever thought about the word breakfast? I know oh, it's breaking your fast. I understand that, but I'm talking about the food. That is typically consumed. We ain't talking about breakfast. no food. We talking no, about that, the meal. Well, but that's every wait. single time I break my fat. That's no. We're talking about breakfast food. If you're gonna rate breakfast, it can be both. It's all of it's everything pertaining to breakfast. Yeah, right. It's in, it includes the food, Charles. So are we doing like individualistic? So like my breakfast? <laughs> no, no, just I, the concept of breakfast. This is not complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make this as complicated as possible. Like if you say breakfast, you're obviously not talking about a steak dinner. Because that's a steak dinner. You're talking about 
like a pancake. Well, maybe not a See, pancake. That's what I'm talking about, though. Pancakes and you know cereal. What breakfast is? It's a bowl of cereal. It's not like bready, filling, what, unhealthy. What kind of cereal? What, what kind of cereal? Like, Raisin Bran Crunch or like a bowl oh, of granola? You are a dad. That is the chart. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most on-brand answer I've ever <laughs> Raisin Bran Crunch? Wow. <laughs> Your cereal got kids. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> realize that the type of cereal you have is indicative of becoming being a father. Yes, it is. It's <laughs> It is it is a grown man cereal. The it last is. cereal I bought cereal to survive Charles. was cinnamon toast crunch. And I no regrets. <laughs> See now I can understand that if if I was like I my my bowl of Cheerios gotta get my cholesterol down. Like I can okay. understand that, but like you're not wrong. Cheerios is like the top like boring cereal. Raisin Bran Crunch is good, but it's like it's so high in fiber. That it's like it's it's a very health. It's not bad. It's very good, but it's a very like health conscious choice, which is not. Yes, bad. it is the grandparent of healthy Cheerios. <laughs> Raisin Bran is is just it's it. You might as well be eating not, key, not, like, uh, uh, Raisin Bran Crunch. Crunch Raisin Bran is like why even try? Yeah, like that's not cereal. That wait, okay. So what's in Raisin Bran Crunch? As a it has granola that? and it has frosted. Frosted the brand flakes. Oh, it, it is good. Brand flakes with granola clusters. Okay, okay. I am not critiquing wrong. a little less. He's not wrong. Raisin <laughs> brand is un- like. See now, if I said raisin brand, I could. You would be justified in <laughs> in my original cereal. assessment. Yeah, yeah. About your cereal having children. <laughs> you're you're halfway there though. Like it's. <laughs> Yes. You're closer to, to ra- you're closer to raisin brand full stop than you are to cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> yes, you are. Okay, yeah, you got me there. Okay, so is breakfast your number one then? No. Okay, so what what's your listing? I think dinner, breakfast, lunch. Okay. Yeah, mine is dinner, lunch, breakfast. Or really, dinner, lunch, dessert, breakfast. <laughs> the other one that we're not including on here is brunch. I think that would be a game changer for me in terms of my listings. Mm. Brunch is good. I don't. So, I think, I think breakfast is my number one. But it's not. It's not necessarily because of the food, though. I do love okay. breakfast food. Okay. I think breakfast is my number one because I typically, one, I don't often, I do eat things in the morning, but I don't always eat breakfast. But if I ever can eat breakfast, just like not at work and not on like on the way to work, it's a rare thing. So it's a treat. Mm. Lunch for me is not a real, like it's not a meal. Like I eat while doing other things. Dinner is like a sit down meal. Breakfast is like, I got to get going. So Breakfast for me is number one because it's like sit down breakfast is a commodity. And so Mm. I treasure it Mm. as a commodity. And if I eat a good enough breakfast, one, I feel better about the day, but I'm also less hungry at lunch. So it makes more sense to just kind of snack. Okay, this is interesting. We're all looking at this differently. And now that I'm here, I listened to Charles's 
input at the beginning, his critique of what I was saying at the beginning. Now I'm saying, okay, because technically, like I don't eat food at the typical breakfast time range. Like I, I grew up getting- hate eating in the morning. I do. I absolutely loathe it. But because Charles made the point that you're breaking your fast and that's that's what breakfast is, I typically have my breakfast at lunch time. Mm. And th- so my first meal of the day is typically lunch food for me. So I, it's my cooked food. It's my prepared food. It's not, it's not like, yeah, it isn't Eggo waffles or cereal. Not that those are like objectively bad things. They're not, they're tasty enough, but like, yeah, I'm still going with dinner, lunch, dessert, breakfast. I think that brunch is a little overrated. A well think, done brunch? I think that, no, so I love brunch. I just think that if you think about what it is, it is a nebulous concept with great marketing. Yes, it is. Like if you think about brunch, it's not really anything other than a it, late breakfast where lunch food might be featured. It's, it's a right. weird, uh, it's a weird concept. It's amazing. It's a weird co- and you can you might drink a mimosa. It's a weird concept, but it has amazing marketing as like oh it's brunch. You know yeah, what I mean? It's 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 marketed specifically to Eli, right? Yeah, yeah brunch. Yeah. It's breakfast and lunch. You smush them together. Between yeah. the hours that you normally have breakfast and lunch, you yes. have brunch. And so it's not quite breakfast, it's not quite <laughs> lunch, but it is the it's it's the it's where they both the goodness of both meet. Wow. Bougie, wow. I'm not even trying to be bougie Eli, and bougie you just Eli. proved that I am in my I'm genetically bougie. <laughs> I think that I think that brunch <laughs> is a very like if you think about it, is a very yeah clunky and inelegant thing that has somehow gotten the rep of being the most like elegant meal that you could ever sure. to have like it's sure. marketing around brunch that we got to mm-hmm. hire them. they're doing good stuff that's true the other the other meal that we haven't considered which would top all meals would be brinner brinner brinner's brinner's goaded oh breakfast for dinner yeah brinner is a winner yep see that's yep. when you start eli that's when you go brinner is not like a bowl of sitter cereal don't worry we're gonna get to ephesians soon it sounds like something paul would call like or jesus would call the pharisees you bowl of sinners call them whitewashed tubes why not a bowl of sinners you you granola clusters of iniquity You're I such a bran flake. Unfrosted. <laughs> I look at your fibrous bran flakes. And You're scoff. frosted with shame. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. I was going to say that's in there. It's not in there. <laughs> no, it is not. No. <laughs> Book of Jarrell. <laughs> yep. All right. So we. So we are continuing in our series called Letters, uh, the basis of which is um, viewing letters of the New Testament written by Paul to very specific churches during a very specific time in their existence to see what uh, relevance we can glean from it uh, from today. Kind of started with this idea that like 
the church, the Western church today, what kind of letters would we receive from the apostle Paul based on uh, the way he like uh, comforted, consoled, but also like convicted and really came at churches uh, in this stage of salvation history. And so we are in Ephesians today and I have to apologize in advance. I, we've been using the Bible project to, for summaries of each book. I have not been able to find a written summary of Ephesians. I don't know if they just don't have it anymore, but there's like a whole video and I'm not going to play like the video, but I just couldn't find one. Um, So we're going to jump again. If you to get good resources and summaries of all of these, we're going straight from the Bible project. You can watch the video um, yourself, but highly recommend it. They have amazing uh, materials. We're not sponsored by them. We're sponsored by Kim, but the Bible project has really good stuff. Highly recommend using it to kind of bolster your context for um, these books. But, but in light of the summary, um, we're just going to get right into our major takeaway. So each of us will share a passage or passages that we think Whole, really jumped out to us having a lot of real world relevance and explanations of how um, and why we believe that to be. Okay, so just getting, I guess, so, a sort of a mini overview. So as I was reading through Ephesians, um, the thing I was trying to get is just the overall organization of the letter because it is so wonderfully short. It's only six, six chapters. Um, and I would say that like, chapters one through three is Paul giving this grand uh, motivation for God's working his plan out of salvation through Christ Jesus. Um, and then chapters four through six is the, so what? Like it, if you don't do the, it, like because God through Christ accomplished such a great, amazing thing, which is to reconcile not just Jews, but Gentiles to himself through his son, Christ Jesus. Uh, chapters four through six is, this is the cost of not doing it. And this is how you protect yourself um, in living out your um, your calling, keeping in step with the spirit and, and, and living out your calling to be a child of God, to be a part of the church and to love one another um, in in unity. I would say that one of the guiding words or one of the, the themes that sort of governed my entire reading of Ephesians was be unified, right? So it's it's Christ is unified with God. They are they are unified and and he he Jesus unifies God's people with him. And then it's all right, you're the church now, so live unified. Um so that um that's that's how I'm thinking about it. I have a bunch of different pieces, but I wanted to, as an overarching sort of umbrella, uh, how do you all think about that? What, what were your uh, findings? What do you what do you see in your readings? I think that's very well said. Um, yeah, it's kind of an overview of <clears throat> what it like. I don't get too much away from what my passage is, but like kind of an overview of like what are we actually built on and what are we built to be? And I think that uh, theme of unity that you spoke to is reflected really well in that. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I don't think I could say it better. And I think actually something you said, Jarrell, uh, kind of leads into the passage that I, I chose. So if I could just kind of jump in, um, what we, you said, what we kind of is, uh, exploring what we're built on and what we're meant to be. 
and uh, again, this this uh, series is predicated on if Paul were to write a letter to the Christian church in America today, what would he be saying and, and exploring his existing letters to pull out motifs and themes? And I was thinking about this in this letter, and I was thinking about <clears throat> that I'll, maybe maybe this is just me, but it seems like there's a lot of this mentality of sitting in the pews to hear the good news. Like I go to church, hear the good news. It's great. And then I leave. Right. And, and sitting in the pews and that reality and hearing the message of the gospel doesn't seem to play out very well in Christian culture, like in everyday Christian culture. Um, I was thinking about, well, what what's kind of out there um whether it would be christians not quite living up to the standard that god's calling us to or not and it's a lot of gossip and slander and judgment and self-aggrandizing idol worship um there's a lack of shame and respect in any number of areas um in in our lives um excusing sin or finding excuses for sin. So this, I was struck by this this idea of, yeah, there Christians. We we sit in the pews and we hear the good news, but what does that impact our life so that we actually are the good news when we when we leave uh, our sanctuaries, when we leave our places of worship? Um, and so the passage that struck out to me was um, Ephesians two eight through ten, and Paul says. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. And I was just struck by this because there is the this underlying truth that there is nothing that we can do to earn or merit salvation. It is by grace and grace alone through the blood of Jesus Christ that he poured out upon us in mercy. And this passage lays that out uh, very well. But I think also verse 10 tends to be left out when this passage is preached on. It, it says uh, we were created in Christ Jesus for good works to be our way of life. And I think what you said, Jarrell, uh, strikes that we are built upon Christ and his mercy, but built for something, to be something to the world. Um, and it's not works that justify our salvation or anything like that, but it's works that um, flow out of our faith. And we were actually built to be a people on mission. And Eli, your point, like, how do we do that in unity? And And the rest of Ephesians kind of lays that out in very practical ways of what are these works? Not, not as like benchmarks <laughs> to prove that we are worthy of the blood uh, of mercy. Um, that's not it at all, but rather that there's the passage where Christ says, that, or I don't know if it's passage. Some may have to correct me. Um, they'll know we're Christians by our love. They'll know you by the love that you have for one another. So there's kind of like, uh, this is a signpost um, of the faith that we have and the grace that we've received. And this faith is not something that's supposed to be 
um, only um, displayed, lived, or believed in the context of the brick and mortar place of worship that would go to on a Saturday or a Sunday. It's it, it's also supposed to be our way of life uh, that impacts and flows out of our way of life. And I was just struck specifically by those two verses. And and Eli, you said like the rest of it kind of like unpacks that a, a little bit. Um, but we are called to be not not to passivity, you know, not just to sit in the pews and to hear the good news, but to step out into the world and to be the good news, to be a mirror of Christ's mercy and his grace, not only so that we uh, can reflect Christ to each other and build each other up so that we as the body of Christ can grow in holiness, but so that there is a magnet there that's counter to what is in the world um, and that is building, <laughs> expanding and advancing the kingdom of God uh, in uh, this very hedonistic, individualist society and culture we live in. I think it's really, really well said, Charles, this idea of um, passively um, living out our faith, I think is something that we've touched on in a few episodes. Just kind of, it's really easy. Western Christianity has made uh faith something like faith in jesus something that's just kind of a a passive thing that's like ah oh, yeah I'm, like sure like i'm i'm a christian this was a good guy yeah or just like I, i'm a christian just by default um and it's it's a, it's a thing i do on sunday it's maybe even a place that i like donate to but it's not a it's not a, it doesn't often reflect um in lifestyle choices it doesn't often reflect in uh you know living as if we're like as you read like prepared for good works and i think like i, I like to speak into it's not just about just like sitting and on sunday and being like oh it sounds good but how is it actually impacting you and if it's not are you asking like questions about why that is um it's so a kind of a rejecting of of passivity there i think is is really key. Uh, you know, I want to let you in. Mine is similar to that, but I want to let you in because you look. You had something to respond to that with, or maybe I made that up. No, you're fine. I'm. I. I loved what you said, Charles, because two of the verses or two of the passages that I was most drawn to. I mean, there was several, but you're talking about engagement, like not just sitting in the pews, but actually going out and and doing this work that we're predestined to have by God, and it immediately brought me to Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, and then again uh, in Ephesians 4, 32. So in 1, 13 through 14, Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, Jesus, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of your inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. And so there's this real, there, there, there's this reality that, not only are we just supposed to be hearing the gospel and, and sitting in these pews and, and coming together as a church, but we're supposed to be going out and actually talking to people. Like God desires deeply for us to participate in salvation history and for us to do to be a part of his, his, his will and his working. Like the church is called the body of Christ. 
and to be the body of Christ is to function as he did while he was here. And that is to go out and spread the good news. And so like when you heard the word of truth and you believed him, that's when you were sealed with the spirit. So we have to understand that in faith, we have to trust that because Paul's revealing this and saying, you needed to hear it first, which means somebody needed to preach it to you. You needed to be preached to. Have to share the gospel. And he goes through chapters one and two, I think, to motivate and excite believers so they we can be genuinely impacted and excited about the fact that God does like faith is not just some intellectual exercise where you're just like, oh, I get God now. It's a as, faith is a gift from God. The fact that you believe in the Lord, that you trust Jesus, that He lived, that He was, that He was that he is God incarnate, that he lived a life here on earth, that he suffered for sins, died a death he didn't deserve and was resurrected because of his glory, but also brings us into that because he died for us. Like that's exciting. And so we're being um, motivated by this great glorious truth to present the truth to other people so they might hear it so that they might believe, which is a gift from God. And in their believing of the truth, they might be sealed with the spirit. And so yeah. So to your neighbor, like, I would just say, listener, like, a simple question, how long has it been since you shared the gospel? And this is not to inspire guilt or legalism within yourself, but to say, do I long to share about that I'm that that God has changed my eternal status with him? Does does the weight of your soul matter to you? And does the, the weight of 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 other people's souls matter to you. I mean, this is this is the good news. And so it, it's it is so worthy of celebration. It is so worthy of rejoicing. And it is certainly worthy of of sharing. And so to the uh Ephesians 432 verse, I'm encouraged because it's not just the work of sharing the gospel, but once you're in the church, once you are with believers, how do we interact with each other? Well, be kind to one another, tender-hearted forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And so there is, I mean, I don't use the word tenderhearted very often. And I mean, I can, I can, I can express, I can use that word to describe a lot of the relationships I have at my own local church. Um, but I think that, you know, if, if Paul were alive or if there were, were an apostle alive who was writing letters to American churches, thank you for reminding uh, us, Charles, of that being the ultimate goal of this uh letters season um i think it wouldn't be an accusation but it would be a question that says are you all those of you who claim christ and walk side by side with each other are you being kind to one another are you tender-hearted do you uh, it, do you just show up to, or, or do you just show up to church on a sunday and and go through the motions alongside other people are you tender-hearted are you invested um are you forgiving one another when there are when there is strife when there is the when there is division, because that's that strife and division are the works of the devil, not the works of a, a God who unifies his people. Um, as as God in Christ forgave you. Um, it, yeah, uh, it, it's it's incredible. We're we're a part of an absolutely incredible truth, history, narrative like. This is amazing. I could gush all day about the Lord because it like Ephesians is is like a killer letter. Um, but it calls into question, are you living out the love that, that God is relentlessly showing you? Amen. But yeah, I think like 
both of you getting on the theme of active participation. And I think it's one of those things that's necessary because it it makes us better able to, if we're actively participating in things that are of God, it makes it easier and gives us greater credibility to call things that are not. Um, and to be able to, you have that to be to, if there is any uncertainty of, we've talked in the past about like false prophets and people trying to co-opt uh, Christianity or benefit from it without fully engaging with it. And if we're not fully engaging with it, then it's really hard to say, well, that's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. That's actually not a, or that's not a message that's consistent with scripture. If we're just kind of sitting and passively um, participating in uh, our faith, it's like, it's more than just uh, taking it in. It's like, well, because I'm trying to spend time in the word because I'm walking with the Lord when something is out of step with that, I can speak with confidence instead of just kind of allowing that to happen. And so um, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, people like if when people argue about like sports, you'll hear someone make the argument of, like if someone has a take about a team or a player, you'll someone will say something like, oh, well, that's just because you're like you're a casual like you're a casual fan. Like you, of course you would think that like bare minimum know nothing about the sport, but I've heard someone talk about this once like take because you're casually participating. And I think there's a, uh, there's an onus on us as ambassadors to Christ to not be casual, um, to not just kind of have opinions about faith that are easy, that are easy to have or ones that are, historically aligned with certain uh people groups or political parties but to actually get into like well what does the word of god actually say about this that the other thing even if it leads us to disagree respectfully with people who are also of faith and not just kind of not just go through the motions um and so that kind of ties into my one is from ephesians 4 but it's at the beginning of the chapter comes um, so verses one excuse me verses one through six Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And the thing that, um, the first thing that most stuck out to me with this was just, and I've, I've wrestled with this passage before because I beseech you to walk worthy, to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. And I, I remember the first time I read that, I was like, well, I, I mean, I'm not, though. So, like, how am I going to walk worthy of something that I'm not um, worthy of? And it's I've as I've like read over it and just kind of read it in context, it's just like. The idea of like walking worthy of the callings which you were called and like walking as if it's something to have attained is the right word, but if it is actually something to strive for as opposed to something that just you just kind of allow um, to happen, right? Like if in the same way that in our, you know, professional integrity or uh, ambitions, it's like I want to work in what I do as if I'm like trying to 
like obtain like mastery of it or just to be really good at it. And if I'm kind of just going to work and going through the motions, well, then I'm not really doing a service to that um, role and how, and like how much more so um, our faith. And so that one really stuck out to me is kind of like, what is it, what does it mean to walk worthy of that? And like, in what ways do we align even the mundane um, parts of our life with, if I'm going to claim to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, what does that actually look like even in the small things? Um, and then as it gets into the calls to unity, if we've talked about one body, one spirit, one hope, things like that, it's, I think it's, it's, it's helpful to remind ourselves that unity is not something that is, again, it's not something that it, true unity is not something that is won by passive participation. And sometimes true unity means you do disagree and you do have to call out things that are not aligned with scripture and you have to come to an accord of like, well, is that of uh, God or is it not? And I think that, um, I think it's sometimes in the, the church there's a hesitance to be like, well, that's actually just not like, that's actually just not true whether it's things that are caving to um, popular uh, like popular social issues at the time, whether it's calling out politicians who aren't accurate in their claim to love God and to want to serve in a role because of that. And I think that sometimes it's easy to say, well, we want it to cheat. I think I said this in a past one, a past episode, to treat unity as if it's just, a, again, a cheap thing. And something we can kind of stumble into by just refusing to disagree. But I think one of the ways we achieve unity that's aligned with God and in so doing walk worthy of our calling is by being willing to have those di ha have a disagreements respectfully for the purposes of getting to the heart of Scripture. And I think that sometimes the um, the willingness to do that um, eludes us because we don't want things to be uncomfortable we don't want to um make we don't want to make things weird but i think that knowing that like the character of god is such that he wants to be united with us but it requires the blood of jesus to do it tells us that god is not going to unite himself with something that is not of him and we should be clear to make sure that in our unity we are united to one another along on the foundation of christ not just not disagreeing or wanting to go with whatever is like culturally acceptable um so yeah that, i don't know if that made any sense but that was, that was the, that's like the jumping to a lot of different things uh way that ephesians 4 kind of stuck out to me it did draw okay so two things that i love that you brought up these are the other two verses that stuck out to me in uh ephesians 5 and you you hit on the notes but i, I want to drive home uh points that you that you hit on so in terms of the uh i also had questions about like wow i i walk worthy like i'm but i'm not so like how do you do something that's that's so hefty what kind of instruction is that paul um and so there's this like in ephesians 5 he there's a bunch of different walkings and so to elaborate on uh points you made about well what does it mean to walk worthy if i don't feel like i'm worthy or if I if I know that that the call that God gives me is one that I that I can't do on my own on my own and and is so much bigger than me, like 
he gives two different walks. One is uh, walk in love. So in verse two, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Um, and so there's there's this real warning in Ephesians 5 that says, if you don't walk in a way that mimics and mirrors the character of Christ, you're going to walk in a different way. If you don't walk in love, you're going to walk in an unloving way. And so it says, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not be named, must not even be named among you and is and as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. So thanksgiving is how is one way to, to walk in love. You may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, uh, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of God and uh, the kingdom of Christ and God. And so the truth of the matter is that if, if we don't walk in love, we will inevitably walk in a different way. Like you're, the, the reason we're supposed to work called to walk in love is because the habits and patterns of our unsaved former selves won't allow us to live in unified lives with God. Like it, to be unsaved is inherently will inherently produce rebellious behaviors that seek to distance us from the Lord. Like that's, that's the the dilemma that we're in. We we live in original sin and we need to be rescued from that nature and be given a new one, which is why we need the Holy Spirit. But there's also this notion of like, well, to the to the disagreeing point that you made, which I loved, like what does it mean to walk alongside brothers and sisters in Christ and try to um discern or figure out what is most pleasing to God. Well, it actually says it right here later on in, in, in chapter five, walk as children of light for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And in, and in chapter five, verse 10, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Discern is try to determine, try to figure out. In order to figure out and, and really ponder the questions and the uncertainties and the gray areas that exist within the Christian walk, there's going to be a tussle. There's going to be agreeing and disagreeing. There's going to be, how do we figure out in our way of life together as a body of believers, what is what is most pleasing or what is pleasing to the Lord um, in this particular situation? We don't see eye to eye right now, but if we prioritize God's glory above our own preferences, what does that end result look like? And so I like that you brought up disagreeing and, and or mentioned like what it means to disagree as a body of believers because the scriptures leave room for that. And I think it's important that we don't make um we don't lean into legalism when we're talking about what is what is holy, what is good, what is right, what is just, so that we leave room to do exactly what Paul instructs, which is try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord, because there are going to be those gray areas. So yeah, no, what you said was really clear. And I'm glad you brought up both those points about one walking into agreeing or disagreeing. Yeah. And I was also struck with the idea that unity necessitates humility, right? And so I think your point is really well taken because there are going to be disagreements and scripture leaves rooms for that. And we need to have loving discussions about that and discern that and that takes conversation it takes some disagreement um but at the end of the day it also takes humility to realize like actually we're called to unity which means that there's an acknowledgement that like the wisdom i have is actually not sufficient <laughs> i actually need the wisdom that eli has and jarell has and all of you listeners have 
for a discussion to 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 adequately discern what God's will is uh with with wisdom and prudence and the spirit uh active uh and at the end of the day I may be wrong my opinions may be wrong and I need to be able to in humility like yep actually that my opinion my whatever doesn't actually align with scripture through this conversation through further study through bible study um and and that actually knits us together and and really points to what paul a part of what paul's getting to here in ephesians which is unity um and unity cannot happen without humility so and 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 that's and the dis disagreement and the disunity and divisiveness is where this can like drive a wedge to unity is to say like well no my my understanding of scripture is right my opinion is right what my church teaches is right uh there is no room for discussion um and it's like well i think humility actually is where we need to land um so that we can have discussions in love so that ultimately even though we might disagree we can still be united in christ yeah, I think it's a really good point, the idea that, like, the humility is what make like, if it says in, like, Ephesians 2, that Jesus, like, Christ is the foundation, but the church is built on uh, the apostles and church teaching. And it's like, if we're going to ha- have a, not so much a strong enough base, but if the the house that it says we're all being built into is the body of Christ is to be strong, it has to be one that's built on humility enough to recognize, are we... Um, seeing things that are aligned with scripture, are we prioritizing the right things? And if not, then you have a house of like support beams that can't really support anything because it's like we can't agree on like the main things. Um, yeah, I answer a really good point, Charles. Um, you know, I love the your connection to Ephesians 5 of like we have to walk in love because if not, then we will walk in the like in other things that aren't of the lord and this idea like it's i don't know know if it's it's not specifically scriptural but the idea of like everybody like worships something like no matter no matter who you are no matter what you do no matter where you come from everybody worships something um whether it's yourself uh career anything and so as believers we want to be sure that worship is going towards christ is like the most important thing and I, I i got um i was reminded of that and your take on just walking like we're, everyone's gonna walk in some way towards something and we want to be sure that if even if it's through um even if it's through disagreement or through um challenges we want to be sure that no matter what road we take we are walking together closer to christ um even if we're like disagree on how to get there um and i think that's yeah that's an incredibly important ties into the humility of if like we're being built on the foundation of christ so we want to be sure that we build around above build on that well um and i think it's easy like we we've like we've talked a lot about um well not a lot but we like we've mentioned the rise and fall of like Mars Hill, for example, and like churches that have like collapsed because the foundation wasn't uh, built on crisis, built on personality or thirst for power. And in this, yeah, in the same way that 
we will worship something. We will walk in some way. We're going to build together as the body in some way. And how pleasing that is to God and still to last, that is, depends on our humility. It depends on not just being participants. It depends on us walking as worthy, because if not, the house will crumble, which is a psalm somewhere. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, and, and we've seen that with the Marshall's the most notable example from this space, but just other churches and bodies have just completely collapsed, taking a lot of people with them and inflicting a lot of spiritual damage because they lack that humility. Because there are a lot of people who were just participants. And um, yeah, we don't want to be that because it, it leaves a lot of uh, pain and spiritual confusion in, in its wake. And scripture tries to protect us from that. Amen. I think the last point I have is just like, okay, so with all these dangers that uh, sort of lurk around with so many schemes of the devil rooted in division and uh, with the culture we live in, uh, a worldly culture, uh, you mentioned uh, a hedonistic one earlier, Charles, like uh, ultimately one that um, we live in a culture that tries to convince us that living in service to your desires is the best way to live, pursue whatever advantages you can that allow you to um that allow you to get ahead so that you can fulfill yourself by meeting your desires from one moment to the next. And so how do you safeguard yourself um, from the threats that we've talked about from, um, from spiritual dangers and things that lurk in the church so that you can um, do what Paul mentions at the beginning, which is the work that, that you're predestined to do in the name of the Lord. Like, well, he ends with putting on the full armor of God. Like, so protect yourself. Um, we have, and this is like classic, like Christianity, like, oh, we love the armor of God. So much illustration has gone into this. People love talking about this. Um, like, fasten on the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, uh, boots of readiness given by the gospel of peace, shield of faith, um, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit. Um, and so we have all these illustrative uh, facets of protection that say like, well, well, what are all, what do these things mean? What are these, because they're not tangible, right? So what are they rooted in? Well, truth, righteousness, the gospel of peace, faith, like you, we get access to these things when we cling to the word of God, right? Like, so by the spirit, trusting what the word reports about our Lord and savior, but also learning from his example and his examples in the scriptures, and so, like the Spirit allows the Word of the Lord to come to come alive. We've mentioned before, like you know, sort of Scripture coming alive or jumping off the page or things resonating with us, and and it and it being like it, it causing us to have convicted um, thoughts worthy of causing us to change. Like the Word of God is how we work against our old nature, which drives us away from God and each other. Like, so trusting in the word, trusting that when you read the scriptures, when you read the letters that we're reading, that they'll actually safeguard you. The helm of salvation is an example. Like it's it's meant to be a helmet that safeguards your mind. But what safeguards your mind is the fact that you're thinking about salvation. You're thinking about heaven. You're considering the life that you're going to live, not just on this side of eternity, but the next. And so when you look at all these, I, I encourage the listeners to like really ponder, okay, what are all these pieces of the armor of God? I'm using air quotes. 
when I say pieces, because uh, they're, again, they're intangible. But like, what is Paul writing about? What's Paul talking about? So, so really dig into the word, listeners, and 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 ponder. Like, okay, what? And then and then don't just ponder it on your own. We've we've talked about agreeing, disagreeing, trying to discern the will of the Lord and what it all means. Talk to friends. Talk to your pastor. Um, talk to fellow Christians who you trust and and who wisdom has come from before, so that you can begin to understand what is what is this apostle talking about, such that I can learn from it and 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 take seriously my walking in the Lord so that I don't fall prey to proclivities or uh, pressures, conditions or whatever, conditioning or whatever else that will call me away from walking worthy of my calling. Um, Jesus is worthy of all of our lives for the rest of our lives. And and he gives us, he, he truly does equip us with the resources and the people, and most importantly, his spirit, who who initiates and 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 allows us to be obedient. Um, Jesus, uh, Jesus wants you to be in heaven with him. Like it's not just like, oh, well, I found out about the Lord, and I'm and I'm fighting to get home. Like Jesus wants us so much more than we want to be in heaven. Like Jesus wants us to be citizens of his kingdom, and. God is in your corner, but it's go- it, it does require the humility that that Charles talked about to understand like, okay, if if God is in my corner, that means that I can't be the master of my life because I only know how to screw it up. But God knows actually how to live it and he lived it perfectly when he was here through Christ Jesus. and I need to I need to follow him. I need to I need to be willing to say, I don't know how this works, but God does. And I trust what his word says about him. And I trust what his word says to do. But I also am willing to engage in the conversations that I need to, to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Yeah. Sorry if that was babbling, but like, I just, I, I love this conversation. I love Ephesians. It's, this is of all the conversations we've had thus far, whether it's through Corinthians, Galatians, and this, like, this has certainly been my, my favorite read thus far. Amen. No, thank you. Thank you for leaving us on this, uh, an exuberant and like empowering note that yeah i'd like the idea that jesus is more committed to us being with him in heaven than we could ever be and yeah. it's even more of a push to f- learn what it means to walk worthy of that and like join him um, Amen. In that call. so Amen. thank you for that eli thank you as well charles and thank you all so much for listening um as always, you can check us out at atthewell.podbean.com. We upload new episodes on Monday. <laughs> Eli's dancing, I think, on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can also connect with us on Instagram and Facebook by searching Three Guys at the Well. And if you want even more um, of this kind of content and would like to help the podcast grow, consider becoming a patron to head over to patreon.com forward slash at the well for exciting new bonus content. We'll talk to you soon here at The Well.